Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. I'm JJ, and with me always is my co-host Keith. Hello! And uh, returning to the podcast is our good friend Sebastian. Hey, welcome up? back, Sebastian. Welcome back, Sebastian. Thank you, thanks for having me. Uh, so today we are talking about the 2001 drama film Pay It Forward. Um, released in 2001, starring Helen Hunt, Haley Joe Osmond, and uh, dun dun dun, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> and a slew of other people too. Like there, John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. <laughs> that was the name that, like, oh wow, for a hot second, John Bon Jovi. But anyways, uh, before we get into all that, this movie falls into the category of having a negative score from critics and a positive score from audiences. Critics. The approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes being 39%, and with audiences, their approval rating is 77%. So that is quite a difference. And uh, the critics' consensus for Pay It Forward is, Pay It Forward has strong performances from Spacey, Hunt, and Osmond, but the movie itself is too emotionally manipulative, and the ending is bad. That is the consensus there. So... Um, what were your guys' initial thoughts on seeing this movie, and what do you think of this divide? Like, what do you think explains this divide? Um, I, I, I guess I could start. Um, well, this is an interesting movie because I remember watching this as a, as a young man, um, in the early 2000s, and, you know, mm -hmm. when you watch it as a kid, I don't know, we were, we were in elementary school, middle school, or something, it's one of those movies that you see as a kid, and you feel like, oh, it's pretty deep. Yeah. You know, it feels... Compared to what you normally see. Yeah, so it's like, it's heavy, you know, you, you um, you, like, associate heaviness with kind of, like, depth, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, watching it now, I didn't hate it. But it was there's moments where I was like, oh, this is very over the top. Yes. <laughs> just oh, yeah. like everything's kind of turned up to eleven, especially if you think about the opening. Like yeah. the opening is kind of this absurd, <laughs> really introduction. Like, yeah, it kind of does not really give you a sense of what the rest of the movie is like. Now it's interesting you said, you know, it's true. I think we watched this in school. Like they had to show us this in like middle school or something. But one of my initial questions of this movie is, who is this movie for? Because mm. that classroom scene makes you think that this is a movie that, like, children would gain some insight from. But then, like, five minutes later, you're in, like, a strip club. So yeah. I, I just was very confused on, like, who this movie is targeting, among other things. But first, Keith, what, what were your thoughts? I understand the heavy criticisms. And I, I like, it's a lot, it's amazing that you can do a deep dive into, like, I totally understand why the critics liked it. And I can kind of understand why people also... Like, like, why the critics didn't like mm -hmm. it, right? And why the people and why people did like it. I, there are some good points, and I think there are some really bad points. <laughs> yes. I think I think the yeah. entire Jay Moore scene, and yes. that's about forty percent of the movie. The reporter, the, yeah, no, the the entire like forty percent of this movie is just Jay Moore and that whole spiel. I would just like. I would, Roger Ebert had a great quote about this movie, and I like that kind of sums me up. And we, yeah. JJ, you can make your point first. I would say cut all the Jay Moore stuff out. Now, for those who don't know, though, because you know, Pay It Forward maybe is a movie everyone's seen, but just so you know, the premise of this movie is you know, Haley Joel Osment is a kid who's being raised by like a single mother, and who is an alcoholic, and um, Kevin Spacey plays his teacher. Kevin Spacey is an, like kind of this unorthodox social studies teacher, but basically inspires. 
Haley Joe Osmond's character to start this movement to change the world in which, you know, he helps out three people with, you know, something like, you know, you charitably help three people and they, instead of paying you back, pay it forward to three people each and then it grows from there. Essentially an altruistic pyramid scheme because <laughs> even as he's... <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, I never I, thought of it like I that. I was explaining the plot to someone earlier today and they're like, oh, a pyramid scheme. Even when he's... He, like, is I never thought of it like that. <laughs> he's explaining the concept to his class and he's drawing like, this is me. I help three people and draws lines to three people. Then they help three people. I'm like, that is literally a pyramid scheme, but it's like a good-natured one. Yeah. I got a kick out of that. Um, but... While this is happening, or maybe after it's happening, it's kind of confusing, the, chrono the uh, chronology of this movie. Basically, this, move this movement he starts, like, spreads and makes its way to this reporter who benefits from this movement. He wants to get to the bottom of, like, what exactly is happening, why are people doing nice things for each other, and he, that's the Jay Moore character. And so the movie kind of cuts back and forth between, you know, Haley Joel Osment trying to start this movement happening... And then the Jay Moore character trying to investigate where this movement started. It's and kind of like working backwards. So we should we should clarify in terms of there's so there's time and geography at play here, right? Yes. So there's it starts when it starts with Jay Moore, on an absurd introduction. Yes. Um, four months earlier. Or four four well well do you get the four introduction? Four months later, I think, right? Well, no, no, four months later. Four yeah. months later, and then uh, yeah, so it starts there, and then it goes four months earlier when it cuts back to Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. So Jay Moore is in Los Angeles, and yeah. Haley Joel Osment is in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, right? Yeah. yeah. So you get that intro where yeah, Jay Moore is trying to cover like some sort of I don't know like police standoff situation, and there's a bunch of commotion. It's really like out of tone with the rest of the movie, and basically it ends up with his car getting destroyed, and some very nice stranger uh, <laughs> gives him his car. And Jay Moore's like, why are you giving me this? It's like a Jaguar. Why are you giving me this car? And the guy's just like, pay it forward. And that, and after that scene, it's four months earlier. And it goes back to Hilly Joe Osmond at the beginning of his story. The problem is, the it cuts back between these two stories as if they're happening at the same time. But we know that they're not. Yeah, they're kind of moving in opposite from opposite directions and convening at a certain point. Right, but it the, it's just not edited in a way that conveys the passage of time and that makes sense basically it's, it's not terribly confusing i don't think but it just it just it's awkward. halts the movie it's it, it yeah. halts the movie yeah. just because like yeah. it gets in, it goes into uh i hated it i i, I hated jay moore's plotline I, I just hated it what's even more confusing no offense to jay moore too I, 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 he's fine i think yeah. his character was a little too pushy to make him likable but when Jay Moore is going backwards to find out, you know, the he, the guy who gave him the Jaguar is a lawyer, and he find out who had helped him and so forth, as he interviews each person, it then flashes back to how that person was helped, mm -hmm. but it's weird because we're in the future, so I just feel like the way... Flashback within a flashback. Flashback <laughs> within a flash forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> I find the way that that is all handled, the chronology of this movie, to be sloppy. Uh, I, I think mm. I think that yeah. it just was not handled in a way that made sense to me. I from a from a craft point of view, I could follow it, but I just think that it was not done smartly. Also, giving your car away is not as that probably it's probably more uh, 
it's you know harder than it looks. Like, hey, take my car. He also, there's insurance. There's that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's yeah. not. You're probably like giving it. Like, exactly. exactly. That's another kind I get of, the nice gesture. I, yeah, I get the. Why nice are they gesture. simplifying this? Like, they're simplifying this for kids because adults watching this, like, well, what about the pink slip? What about the insurance? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why it makes you kind of think that this could be for kids. But then there's like sexual scenes between Helen Hunt and Kevin Spacey, and then even Helen Hunt's character when she's working at the like weird blue-haired like cocktail bar, she's yeah. like dressed in a really sexual way and guys are hitting on her. I like, think you can clarify that. I think it was written as a... It, it is a book. Yeah, it's I'm based sure. on a book. Uh, I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, I think it's a young adult mm-hmm. and it does fit. Okay. But uh, to go with uh, Leslie Dixon, because I since we're talking about like the way this, uh, this movie's structured, Leslie Dixon, who also did one of our previous movies, Freaky Friday, oh, Miss yeah. Doubtfire, Just Like Heaven, The Heartbreak Kid. So kind of like, you know... She's done the good. She's done the not so good. She's a screenwriter. She's a screenwriter. She struggled with the adaptation of the book in part because of the multiple narrative voices within it. Specifically, ah. the reporter, who is the central character in the film, uh, does not show up until halfway through the novel. Stuck, Dixon considered returning the money she was paid for. Wow. She eventually hit upon the idea to start with the reporter and trace the events backwards. She should have just cut it out altogether. I would have done that. I disagree. I think... I don't think cutting him out entirely uh, until the end. I, like, like I don't, I don't mind his parts, but like, I feel like if things in this movie that happen, like there's simpler ways. Yeah, you of mean doing it? it. Excuse and I, and I, me, this daughter, my this girl can take my spot instead of bringing out a gun and yeah, just like so, oh, yeah, wait, that the, was the so way, out of place. The way the lawyer was helped, he brings his daughter to who's having an asthma attack to the emergency room and the nurse is being like really unhelpful like some guy some like um some guy was stabbed in the arm he's first but as you find out that stab guy had been paid forward to himself so he helps out by giving his place in line to the girl having the asthma attack but he does it in this insane way where he's like shooting his gun at the nurse in a hospital hospital. it's like okay you can start a hubbub but like yeah, she yeah. can take my spot. That's all. Like that's all. Like, hey, man, I, I'm yeah, not. Exactly. I don't hurt that much. But it has mm-hmm. to like has to go through this like entire melodrama. Like, yes. Can we just talk about the opening also, for a sec? Because like that shit. Like, like I forgot about this. That like he like so he's a reporter. Yeah. He's he's got his, he's listening to the police radio. He finds out there's a hostage situation at a house. Yes. And then this hostage situation ex- escalates, and his car gets wrecked because the hostage taker drives an SUV out of the driveway of the house and crashes into his car. And then drives and off. Then, and then drives off and the police chase after him and he's stranded. Like, there's a simpler way to handle this. That is how he is helped. It's not that, like... <laughs> no, I, like that, that is, like, a really complicated setup to just him getting someone paying it forward to him. And yeah. to back it up even further... I also didn't like uh, like the grandmother. Like it, the the guy is obviously committing a crime. Right. The it's guy, not just a simple like, hey, like you know, hop in. You, you're, th- these people are after you. This guy is like this guy like broke a window and is stealing a boombox. Right. So the criminal. She, I don't mind that part. The criminal who had helped it's the over lawyer. the top stereotypically. Yes. Just like it's cringy. Yes. That that actor who played that criminal, I thought was like really over the top and heavy stereotype. Turned to from the Arrowverse, yes. I'm like watching this going uh, like, where have I seen this guy before? And I don't watch Arrow, but I've seen. I've seen enough crossovers to be like, oh, this guy looks familiar. And I, like, 
it's good to know that he got acting work after this. But because <laughs> sure. he was so over the top that it was, and I, it I was imagine his direction, it, it's it was not charming. I think he was trying to come off as like a funny, likable guy, but he just came off as annoying. And then Jay, Jay Moore blackmails a governor to get him early. I, I, did not dis- I did not need to see no, any I don't, of I don't, that. I don't, like it just, I didn't care. Like like to, for the criminal, the movie stands in its own way. The way Jay Moore, the reporter, is able to get information from the criminal is by helping him get his parole sooner. So he blackmails the governor. Like it's so convoluted, and at that point, there's a scene where you see the guy blackmailing the governor. I'm like, I don't care about any yeah. of this. It convolutes the message of pay for, pay forward to me. Simple it, gesture. I mean, it's not a simple gesture. Have you guys ever been paid forward to? Paid forward to or paid it for? Um, I don't know. No, I don't know. Someone paid for my grocery. If someone like I was missing like five dollars. I was five dollars short, and the woman behind, or no, the man behind me. This was like maybe a couple months ago. That's nice. He said, "Hey, here's five. Yeah. And he didn't. No one said pay it forward or anything. But I did save a baby afterwards. So like I, I paid. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, I, I, I take it as like the small, yeah. altruistic, mm-hmm. good message. Not, this not movie, doing anything big. I would never buy a saying, person into my. This movie is saying like that. Big, that was nice, right? This movie is saying like do really big gestures that totally changes someone's life. Yeah. So. Um, like I, blackmail a governor. Yeah, yeah. So I, you can get into the intricacies of like how this system even works. But um, I'd, I'd rather maybe focus more on, like... The A-plot? The, the story, yeah, the A-plot. This is all B-plot. <laughs> uh, her inhaler doesn't yeah, seem sorry. to be working at all. Parker, what happened um, My sister, she stabbed me. can't believe that big thing. I'm sorry, we have to deal with stabbing me first. It's she policy. can't breathe. Well, She's you know, very look, scared. I will let you know. Somebody I'm has to sorry. see her. It's protocol. It's never been this bad. Or seen first. You have to do Sir, something. Sir, would you just sit down? I'm sorry, we've been I, here for four look, hours. I, I'm you need to get a doctor, some oxygen, no. something. In, no, wait. Hey, no. No. Hey, you know who slammed you? I'm going to report on bullshit. You need to help her right now. Excuse me? No, no, why you give me all this shit? Hey, you got some oxygen or something you can give her? No, 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 no. You don't need to get no supervisor. You're the supervisor today. Huh? You are the supervisor today. You feel me on that? Now, I want you to take your skinny ass down the hall, put a little girl on a train and supervise her, and I want you to get her some goddamn air. I got your back, sis. Oh, bitch, you still here? Shit! Oh, shit! <laughs> the A-plot, and this is performances. I will say, I think that, like, there are some really strong performances. I think Helen Hunt is great. I think she's... I think all three. And, and I, like, I, you got it. Like, it sucks in 20 years. Like, you know, we have the 20-year retrospect that... It's like Kevin Spacey is a—he's he's a good actor. A All three of them are player. really great in this. Yeah, they—they do a good job. Yes, yeah, I, absolutely. There I are do. some really good moments. There are yeah. some compelling, like you know, scenes with them that I really like. My heart goes out to some of these characters. I think, especially for me, I think Helen Hunt is the most compelling character in the movie. Like I—I I, I believe her like struggle with alcohol and her struggle Slapping with motherhood. Kid, like, uh, mm-hmm. That scene was. Um, I totally bought that scene. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I enjoyed a lot of those parts of the movie. Um, but the Haley Joel Osment character, I feel like, is not really a believable kid. Like, I like his performance, but I don't know if a kid would be that, like, insistent on his teacher dating his mom. Like, that, that I thought was, was strange. Part. He was adamant about it. He was excited when he nah. saw his teacher get out of bed with his mom. That like, was, like, one of the weirdest aspects of it. Like, alright, so... I, I, like, I think he's an interesting character in the sense that, you know, he's, like... He's naive and uncynical, despite what's happened to him in his life. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he has this idea, right? So, like, there's this dichotomy in this movie between, you know... 
we're talking about like the, the things that happen in this movie are these huge gestures, and I can yeah. see that coming from like Haley Joel Osment's character that he his idea of being good to people is big gestures. So he mm-hmm. lets a homeless man in his house, yeah, feeds him, lets him sleep in the bed of his like pickup truck in the garage. Jesus, by the way, that was Jesus. Yeah, yeah. James Caviezel. James, James Caviezel, and. And then, you know, but, like, you know, but then a more nuanced take of, like, these gestures, like, from an adult perspective can be interesting. Like, he, like, so, like, it becomes simpler in the beginning in the sense that, like, like, that, like, Jim Caviezel fixes the truck. Yeah. And he pays it forward to the mother. And that the mother is a reasonable... forgives her mother for being a shitty mom. That's reasonable. And then that's reasonable. Then, but it's weird coming off of, like, a guy giving up his fucking car... Yeah, a Jaguar. Yeah, that's to, well, yeah. to a, a stranger. Maybe say, like, need a lift? Yeah, <laughs> Not take my that. car. The A-plots pay it forward. Like, even Jim Caviezel saving the yeah, suit. Suicide, like, that's where it's, like, that's where it's yeah. effective. And then it gets bogged down. The B-plot is, like, 40% of the movie, and it just hurts it so much. Yeah, yeah it brings something else up, though. Sure, sure. Because I just thought it was kind of funny, and it kind of confused me. Why is she hiding a bottle of vodka in a loaded washing machine? <laughs> She's an alcoholic. Like, that's not like... a place you hide vodka. That makes no sense. She has it, like, in every little nook and oh, cranny I... in the house. <laughs> there was, uh... You know, we always rag on the 80s for weird haircuts, the haircuts in the early 2000s, late 90s, like, there were some... Some of those kids. When that kid walked oh, into yeah, that classroom... Oh, yeah, the bad-haired kid, the kid that's late. And, and I don't know if that line was... He shows up periodically If that line was written yeah. pre-script, or if they said, hey, that's some off... That, that movie, that hair alone yeah. is minus 10 points. <laughs> that was wow. incredible casting, because I believe that kid would be late. Yeah. No, I believe it. That, that kid pissed me off. That hair... That hair was so <laughs> disgusting. It looked like he hadn't showered in weeks. <laughs> and of course, you get like the Nick Carter. You get like the, yeah, the yeah. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I'm like, <laughs> we had some. We had a. I don't think I had those, but there were some pretty bad hairstyles. I don't the, think I liked really any of the other kids in this movie. And in the in the um, he goes to the most dangerous school in them. <laughs> does he though? The only thing about this it's school, like Degrassi bad. The, the only I, yeah, thing about this school that like they had made me so I guess they're. You know, like but no one guarding. Like the, they're able to slide that knife right on through. And yeah, not through the metal detector, but through like yeah, the, the, the in between the metal detectors. Yeah. right. So I guess those are bad. Those are awful bad kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, those are the only kids in this school that maybe warrants having the metal detectors because every other kid in this school just seems like your average, like you know, suburban kid. There's having to be three kids that want to be gangsters. There's three <laughs> gang kids in this school. Grassy bad. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, yeah, I was talking about this with Eric, and he was saying, you know, like, Las Vegas was never, like, it, it's only recently become, like, you know, not a super sketchy area. Yeah. But I don't think this movie really conveyed in a way that this sort of thing could happen where we are. In the established school and environment that we're in in this movie, I did not really expect, I didn't see... It, it wasn't seemed, particularly diverse. It <laughs> seemed a little, no, it wasn't. Not it, for even Vegas thing. Yeah. It seems, like, really out of place there to be, like... These like twelve year old gang members who were like, sticking in knives. Weird, it was like this one white haircuts. kid that like had his slick back hair, and I guess he was supposed to. It seemed like he was supposed to play like, mm. like Hispanic or something. Like, but he's a super and, white kid. But he's a super white kid, and then there was like these two other kids with like spiky hair, and like, oh, they're white. They're dressed like Limp Bizkit. Yeah. They're not dressed like gang members. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. So the, 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 and then the classroom scene. Where you have like Kevin Spacey explain like go out and change the world like like the I don't know the the kids in this like they keep coming they keep cutting to the different kids reactions and I, I just these kids weren't doing it for me like you know what's wrong with this assignment 
It's crazy. It's oh, nuts. I'm like, not doing it. Yeah. That's a word I don't know. Oh, yeah, the dictionary. Yeah, well, which is kind of cool, I, I like guess. That aspect yeah. of it. I bought Kevin Spacey's character, um, but interesting mm-hmm. enough, uh, the character is very different in the book, and I, I'm curious why the, these kind of changes were made. For example, uh, in the book, the the teacher is African American, and he received he got his burns on his face from like napalm. That like I guess he fought in Vietnam. In this movie, Kevin Spacey obviously is white. And he got his burns from uh, his abusive father. father. Yeah. So I just, uh, it, 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 I'm curious. I think like, that works better I for the movie. I think that worked for the movie, yeah. Okay. I think that works. I think that works. It I, works better that he's white. What are you saying? I didn't mean that. Well, Denzel Washington yes, was offered the role. And no, I, think I that, didn't mean that. <laughs> Denzel Washington was offered the role, and then they turned it down. And I guess they couldn't get anyone. And then when Kevin Spacey's like, I'll do it. It's oh, like, okay. Well, actually, well, didn't do blackface. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, Denzel Washington actually, I could picture like in this movie. Good. Yeah, he would have been great in this movie. Pretty good. He got to do his own school movie. Which movie was Red that? Of the Titans. Oh, that's uh, right. That was around yeah. the same time, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this, I feel like this movie though, even even if you cut out all of the Jay Moore stuff and you focus on this a plot, it is still like too slow for me. I, I found myself just bored for a lot of this movie. I, I, I like. I think maybe they added in the Jay Moore storyline because there wasn't enough in the A storyline to sustain an entire movie. Because then even it kind of gets away from the pay it forward concept and focuses on this romance between Helen Hunt and Kevin Spacey. Uh, which at that point I'm like, okay, I'm following this, but it seems like we're getting off track from what the story is supposed to be. Yeah, it's like it's like it was a weird that that was like a a paid forward thing. Like it was like, oh, I'm gonna get what's his name? What's his last name? Simonette. Mister, S- I'm gonna get Mister Simonette laid with my mom, and then he has to. That, that's my favor to him. That's so that bizarre. He has to pay it for now because how can he I help my teacher? My mom. How can I help my teacher? Well, my mom needs a man. Like, but then, but then he was like, Mister Simonette, you have to pay it for it. It wasn't like, Mom, you have to pay it for it now because I got you laid too. Yeah, it, it was, was just Mister Simonette. It was Mister Simonette. Okay, like, I, mean, it's an adult, I get that. It's an adult trapped in a kid's body. Oh, like that. <laughs> no, I mean, Haley Joe Osment has this like. I get it, yeah. Like it's he's not like an actual adult, but he, the mm-hmm. way he the way he talks, the he's way precocious, that, that precocious, right? like it's it's not. But in a way, I like that like that that kind of scene like that was solidifies him as a character when his mom like walks in to the, in the school beginning? and oh. she's like she's yelling at the teacher, but like you give him this kind of assignment, my kid's gonna try to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. he's bullheaded and naive. <laughs> I saw where they were both coming from in yeah. that scene where the mom's like, you know, I, I think that this assignment is misleading for these kids and giving them the wrong idea and you know the teacher he just wanted to inspire kids to think of good ideas maybe like do smaller scale yeah. stuff but i guess he didn't really know what kind of student that the Haley Joe Osmond character was going to be yeah um which is a kind of a good characterization of this kid is kind of like trying to make the world a better place he's, he's, which is sweet he's an know? idealist yeah. character he's an idealist kid which we need more in this world. Yeah, why more not? Do you know what? We do need more in this world, but in this movie, they take them out of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, listen to me. Nothing's this important. Come on, come, come, come down here. What are you doing? What are you caring? Because I owe somebody a favor. Not me. Why not you? You know, a minute ago, all I could think about was getting my next fix. And then I saw you and I, and 
I changed my thinking. Oh, please. Go away. Trust me. I'm not worth it. Why is that? Oh, for God's sake. Come on, tell me. Why are you not worth it? You understand. Are you kidding me? You think I live at the Ritz? Have a cup of coffee with me. Save my life. Oh, can we? Yeah, go. Like, okay, so we're gonna transition. Getting, I want to get into why the critics didn't like. Like, I get into points of why critics did not like this movie, and okay. the ending is a big part of it. The, the ending is a huge part of it. In fact, the ending kind of ruins the whole thing for me. Any redeeming things in the in like the you know earlier parts of the movie, this ending, actually, funny enough, is not that different. So the end of this movie, Haley Joel Osment is murdered. He's stabbed he's by one of these um, bullies. He saves the kid, right? Extra wannabes. But they, so, because on his, but the way they set it up is he one wants the, to help his buddy. He wants his, his friend is one of the three people that he wants to help. His friend is getting bullied, and earlier in the movie he had a chance to save him, but kind of wimped out. And then this is at the end of the movie he has a chance to save him again. He does it like he rides his bike into these kids who are beating up his friend. And then there's a melee, and then. The head bully takes out his switchblade knife and stabs him. Like yeah. it escalates so quickly, um, and it's really weird too because they are continuing to fight as teachers, as like the Kevin Spacey character is running towards yeah. them, saying "Stop, stop, stop fighting!" And the bullies are still beating him yeah. up. Yeah, and there was like that was like I was watching this like with uh, with Kate. And she's a teacher, and she's like, yeah, they weren't as scattered by that. <laughs> yeah, like, not, they weren't totally scattered. Uh, so the, he gets stabbed and has the most, like, overdramatic, like, death fall. He looks at the camera. I'm like, I'm going to die now. It's pretty peak melodrama. Yeah, and then they cut to, like, the hospital and the surgeon taking off his cap and being like, I'm oh, sorry, you couldn't do anything. That's such a, like, okay, even... Why kill even, him? Even, yeah, even if... And the right uh, before this, we should mention that Jay Moore finds... Yes, Haley Joel Osment. That's what's really wild. And they're they're filming his interview at the school about Pay It Forward, the movement. Yes, as it has come to be. So yeah, Jay Moore towards the end of the movie like finds Haley Joel Osment at his birthday, and I guess it's supposed to be cruel irony that they're singing and many more. He will not have any more. Um, so like they interview him, the Jay Moore interviews him for like on camera about the movement and everything. And literally right after this interview is when he is murdered in his school. And like they're watching the interview and stuff afterwards, but it, it's just so yeah, wild to me. his morning mother watching him on the news. Who the fuck would do that? That's insane to me. She would be um, in her room in the fetal position, like like it curled up around a would, bottle of vodka. I was about to say she would have relapsed uh, so hard, so yeah. hard. Yeah. understandably so. But like, even if he got stabbed, like, I, and I'm not gonna say I'm willing to forgive this movie, but. Let him live. Let like, him they're, live. They're, like the the message of the movie. Once again, it, it all it falls flat on his face just by having him die because it's just like okay, he started this movement, but for like 
the cost of his life? But like it did, it was totally unnecessary yeah. to, for that to happen. Like I'm okay with the bullies, but they, they they didn't need a switchblade. Once again, they're making the most like. Why take out a yeah. knife at all? Yeah, I I didn't understand. Beat him to a pulp. It yeah, just exactly. it, it just escalates so quickly. Yeah, maybe like he gets beat up and then he's in the hospital. He walks away with a black eye and a uh, you know a broken leg. A head injury the most. Exactly. And then it should end with like him seeing all the people in front of his house and smiling that his. Uh, and his movement he, has... Someone pays him forward. Or like, because yeah, he does anyone pay him forward? Well, I mean, he not... starts it, so I guess not. I see that would have been well, perfect. But he has to be. It has to be. It's altruism, so he's not supposed to get anything out of it. Right. But... No, but if he got beat up, someone maybe something like, oh wow, you started this movement. And Revenge maybe... it forward. We got we got the kids. They're hanging them off. <laughs> yeah, like... It should have ended with them bringing the kids out, stabbing in front of the mom. <laughs> We're paying it for to you. But like, it's... Ah, Jesus. It was just like, what is this movie trying to say? Like, yeah. you know, obviously, it's it, there's a whole message with this paid forward movement. Like, be kind to others. Do the right thing. Um, be a better person. But Haley Joel Osment is all of that. And his reward is getting murdered. Yeah. So I don't understand, like, why reward this character... Or not reward him, but why punish this character who has done nothing but, like, struggled with his own family, and he is trying to do the right thing. Like, what, I don't understand the narrative purpose of killing him at the end, except, I guess, making him a martyr, but that is so over the time. No, it it, It just, it doesn't... An 11-year-old boy does not need to be a martyr. No, it's it's just weird Jesus narrative that they're trying to, like, put forward. Oh, if they, if they, if they, if he died like that, I would would not even want to know how it ended. He died with his arms out. Uh, But, you know, what's weird, though, is that in the book, he also is murdered, but it's different. You can change shit. In the the book, um, he is invited to meet the president because of this movement that has taken off. So he goes to Washington, D.C., after meeting with the president, that's worse. Like, <laughs> you're that kid. After meeting with the president in Washington D.C., he sees like two like gay men getting beat up. So mm-hmm. he like tries to help, and one of the people beating up the gay men stabs him, and then he dies. So like it's kind of similar that he's trying to save someone from getting beat up. Those but books suck too. <laughs> I just like why this, this is a good lesson in adapting. Like yes, in adapting material that with your own voice, yeah, I, like mellowing it down a little bit. Because I'm looking at a one in the year 2020, having seen like Jojo Rabbit. There's no imaginary uh, friend Hitler in that book. It's a it's just like a straight sad story about Hitler. Really? And Taika Waititi added his vision and voice oh, okay. to it. And and granted, this is 20 years ago, and we this is a YA. Oscar Beatty film. Yes, very much so. Well, what what am I a writer to do? How do like you know you're cutting out this? You could have taken some chances, but like, I, granted, I, I they're like almost, he's not gonna go to Washington. He'll get stabbed. I almost school. would have like I could have tolerated him dying just like randomly, but like the fact that he was stabbed by like a student. The way it happened. It's just bizarre. It just didn't know. work. It's emotionally and. The words emotionally... For, kid, for me as a kid, I was like, oh, man, this is intense, you know, like, but now as an adult, I'm like, oh, why? It's so just to manipulate the audience into crying. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the only thing I could think of. I would right? say of all like, the movies that we've done on this podcast so far, having read a lot of the critics' reviews, I've never seen them so, like, like oh, wow, they're about to riot. <laughs> like, yeah. they were so... Like, some of these reviews are... People are mad well, at how emotionally manipulated they were. <laughs> 
like this is a blackmail. Like this is emotion. Emotional black, blackmail. Emotional well, blackmail. Something a few times it was uh, used by critics. Like they, I think the critic riot of two thousand one or two thousand. Like the critics rioted in the streets. Like they were so <laughs> mad about this film. No, they but, were like I can understand that. And it, a and, lot of and it's not just the ending. It's everything. It's yeah, everything before it. Every too. melodramatic thing leading up to it. Yeah. But I also. I, Going, when we get to the audience portion, I kind of we can dissect that a little bit, but mm-hmm. I can totally understand. Like I wanted more Jim Caviezel, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like where when, 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 when he like like I love that line like when he's trying to like talk the woman off the bridge and he's like save me, save my life. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that was, was like, great. No, that was a really lovely. His arc. That's a great. He moment. relapsed too. Yeah, yeah. that scene where the it's kid like, and he's like and, he, and the kid realizes right like that like this isn't perfect, but like but then the kid because he's like so unnuanced in his emotion, he doesn't realize they still helped him. Like, it wasn't a failure just because he relapsed. But well, it I, is an important lesson to learn. Yeah, exactly. And then but, we cut to a guy shooting up a hospital, pulling a gun in a hospital. Yeah, exactly. like, it, It's so like, there's such a great it's so scene, bizarre. even in the beginning when he's it's like, jarring. How, he, how he's talking to his mom, it's like, it's happened again. Like, it's just like, I imagine kid, kids of alcoholic parents yeah. have had that conversation. Like you're sneaking there's, in. Yeah, yeah, you're sneaking in. Like, like when she pulls a bottle out of the lampshade, like I like that. Like there's some really do. good moments in there and then it just, uh, like completely 180s into mm-hmm. tone wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, to get back to, I mean, you mentioned like Roger Ebert had a good statement about this movie. I think the last line of his review was something like, you know, I believed in these actors. I wish the movie got out of their way. Mm. It's interesting. The movie, screen, screenwriting wise, like story wise, is trying too hard, and you know when when it kind of steps back and kind of has simpler scenes where you like allow the actors to shine, then you really get some um, you know really compelling moments. Yeah. Um, but then you know once you start like trying too hard with these kind of convoluted scenes, then that is what at least for you know for us and for the critics kind of takes you out of it because it comes off as insincere. Uh, but for audiences, you know, a lot of people were moved by this movie. You know, like some some of the recurring things people wrote are things like, you know, I, this movie it had um, a message of faith and human goodness. A very moving movie made me cry. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of people were moved by this movie. I just I feel you can still move people and inspire people without going to such extremes. Uh, well, my question for the audience, and maybe to you, mostly to you guys, uh, with movies like this, and I, I, I can't think of any other examples coming to mind, but if you were to tell someone, like, you know, you're being emotionally manipulated, do I, I don't think people care. I don't think the general audiences care. I think they're just like, granted, critics see a, critics see like the 10 versions of this movie. They, they... They know the tropes. They know the this. They know what's going s- on. And people they are also Oscar less bait. cynical. Like, they, like audiences don't really use the term Oscar bait. General yeah, I mean, like I get like because there's different um, aspects of this, right? So there's like this emotional manipulation that we're talking about, where you know you're pulling the rug from under you by killing off this character or yeah. trying to make you cry, right? But then you know which we're criticizing it. But then we there are other movies that we. I think we all would agree that are really good yeah. that they're in their own way are emotionally manipulative like mm. maybe hereditary or like mm-hmm. midsummer but audiences hate it because it's coming to this other extreme oh, like where terror. of terror or it's even just like 
just like trying to like almost mess with the audience. Like I feel like this is like it's hard to. But like, if I were to say to you, you it's like weird. If or I think everyone has their bar, or I think uh-huh. it's like emotional uncanny valley. Like I think people know and accept, mm-hmm. but it's like if I like uh, if you're being if you're being uh, like. If you're enjoying the movie and I were to go to you like, you know you're being emotionally manipulative. This is obvious, right? And I think most people, judging by the audience score, go, I know and I don't care. Yeah. Like they're it's crying. Not, I it's think not people, subvertive. It's, I, not, it's, not, it's not really subverting anything. Well, you can, obviously, you can see – it's like seeing the seams, right? You can see how they're manipulating you as to opposed to other movies that we maybe give more respect to that evoke these kind of like uh, emotions from us. Yes, all kinds of movies. They departed maybe think about the departure right that's kind of like that's kind of a similar almost concept right right where you like kill off like you know the main character yeah. in a way that's like devastating as but an invested felt viewer earned, you yeah know what i mean that's a good point it felt well it felt it like, made sense it made sense in context of the story yeah that is my maybe like biggest problem that this like death scene just does not fit in in the context of the story they didn't set it up in a way that makes sense and the departed like that's that's the world you're in, and that could happen. But then you realize they set this up from the fucking beginning by like by them sneaking the switchblade into the school. Like they've been she's been setting this up from the very they beginning. They had the shot dedicated. But that was yeah. the only thing that really was the setup. Yeah. And the rest of the movie, you don't really get a sense that a person could be killed there because it just and other besides the metal detectors, it just seems like a normal school. Mm-hmm. At least the way they depict it in the movie. Like say if this took place at like. Um, inner city school or something you know not to like cast any broad stereotypes or anything but if this was set up in an environment where that is a looming threat that is believable then this wouldn't as seem so um jarring and and like out of character it, it would have been be that way but like it just like didn't I don't know. So we, like, uh, looking at like watching this again, like because like when remembering this movie, I'm like, oh, he goes to, like an inner city school, or he goes to like a a school that's like you know seems to be like dangerous in some fashion because they have metal detectors. But then, but then when you actually look at the school, you're like, oh, this is like seems like a fine school. It doesn't fit. Audiences. Uh, like I, I think school. I think the reason for the high audience score is audiences and even some critics agree. I think we kind of say the same that these character, at least these three characters, feel lived in. Like they, they, you could see the yeah. flaws, and yeah. it's so. It, it's not an out of left field type thing, but it's just like, you like you know when he gets stabbed, you're like, <gasps> like if they, if but you're like you're like, is it earned? If they made the bully a major character, and we got some, they only popped up in like another scene in the second yeah, act. It's interesting, like, kind of like seeing that guy's perspective, that little kid's perspective, his life, and kind of juxtaposed with Haley Joel Osment. That would be maybe that should have been the the B-plot character you follow, because then at the end, they, like, you know, cross paths in the worst way. Yeah, it's like, them both having, maybe, they might both each have, like, a bad, like, mm -hmm. upbringing, but they both have different, like, um, approaches to that upbringing. Mm -hmm. You know what I I mean? Yeah, I don't want to fault, like, the screenwriter, because I know it's no, like, I mean, she, she, she had a challenge. She, well, she's I working, will, trying to work with a source material that it's it already seems, challenging enough. It seems itself was flawed in some yeah. ways, yeah. you know. I think so. Supreme melodrama, mm-hmm. and you know, and that, like that's almost the ending you read me 
from the book is almost worse than this. Mm-hmm. If you went to Washington in this movie and then try to try to stop a hate crime and got, <laughs> got stabbed yeah. during that, that's almost even more absurd. It's like a bigger kick in the head. Yeah. Hey, uh, it would be like four Gump level shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, hey, four, that's what I did. Like, <laughs> uh, no, it, you know, it, what, is, this, wait, is this movie a sequel? No, this is this is Haley Joe Osment all grown up. Like, I know, that's what I'm saying. It's, it, it's amazing. I, I give credit for what they were able to adapt it to, and I just wish uh, this is kind of like not even a fault, but it's like I wish someone was like, you know, we could do a lot more here. She should have been because like it definitely it doesn't get less loyal to the source material. She should have been like, like Kubrick and be like, like, like take this, take this, take this, throw the rest out. Yeah. And do I was about thing. to say, like, I was, the I was, I was gonna say, could we do, could movies do that? And like, Kubrick basically, yeah. you're right, Kubrick basically did that. Granted, that's a whole new type of thing, but yeah. I, I, granted, uh, I think once you adapt something, you have to make it, it's, it's, you're always, it's never gonna be a full on adaptation. Yeah. So you and kinda I, have to I mean, do your own thing. Adaptation is like, as a whole, we can have a whole podcast about adaptation in general, like yeah. what it means to adapt something, but like, you know. Join us for our spinoff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I mean, there's there's different ways to adapt it. I think you know, I think she she was smart in some ways, like changing the ending a little bit. She changed the ending. She, she like she like, the way she changed the story made sense, though she should have toned it down. Yeah. yeah. And it would have still been effective. I mean, you know she even I mean? changed the environment. I think the book takes place in like, California. I like the I Vegas. Like Vegas. I like so, the yeah, Vegas. So when he's riding Vegas. his bike around Vegas and he's like looking at the homeless people, like right next to the strip, you see Luxor in the background. Yeah, Vegas. Like that that was sense. really. Good. I didn't know that. That was a smart change. You kind of felt there was definitely like a sense of place, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Vegas was a character. Uh, there's yeah. that the druggy motel is knocking on the door, you know. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting. It was an interesting mix, like in the beginning when you see him riding Spike through basically all the kinds of environments. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, at one point he's riding through like a very nice but like cookie cutter development. Mm-hmm. You know, which is like seems like a nice area. Then he's like riding through um, like the back of like the airport or something, and he's you're basically getting like all the kinds of places you're gonna see for the rest of the movie. So I thought yeah. that was kind of smart. Um, I agree. I think the location change. Was um, a good place. He like lives in between this kind of world. Like, yeah, he's like, exactly. He's not, he's not middle class. He's not like the nice and the not so nice. He's in the middle. You know, like, yeah, he's kind of like in this different. I, I um, yeah, that 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 was like an interesting um, place for him in the movie. Uh, I know. The more I think about it, though, if you were to adapt this kind of story, because I obviously you want to see how the pay it forward concept pays off, you know, and it's hard to maybe stick with one particular character like the like Haley Josman who starts this movement if you're going to see how it moves on to other people's lives, which is mm-hmm. maybe another reason why they included the Jay Moore character is to see how this is spread. Yeah, um, I, I think his character is interesting to include, but they just did it weirdly. I, 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 I get what you're saying, and it's just, it's... The, these outlandish situations. Yeah, the situations. I'm saying take it out if it's outlandish. You know what and you're saying? Just change the situation. Yeah. It really. I, I think there's some place in between that. Exactly. We're, like we're both kind of right. Exactly. It's you know just it's, so out of place. You know what's really like kind of um, a cheesy like wink to the camera too is when he finally does get to Vegas and he doesn't necessarily know yet that who he's looking for, yeah. but he almost hits Haley Josman with who's riding his bike oh, in his car. Yeah. And like I guess the irony is like what he's looking for 
War was right there, but he doesn't know it yet. Yeah. That was a bit on the nose. I just want to chomp on Toby to say, it's my life. <laughs> it's now or never. What a random cameo, though. I, I appreciate it all the same. I just like, really realized, like, I don't know how old he was during that movie, but, like, somehow, like, he looked, like, ten years younger than Helen Hunt. Yeah, like, yeah, he looked I like want, he was in probably, probably the same age, but that guy is, like, pretty bad. He's a very <laughs> smart man. Like, mm. There was a time in the I mean, early... Helen Hunt was hot, but, like, he was, like... Pretty. <laughs> he was. He was. He looked like he was like still in his heyday from the eighties. Like, there was a time in the early two thousands when John Bon Jovi went to his manager or agent and said, "I I love music. I just want to be an actor. For I want to try acting." What else has he been in? He was in like vampire. He was in like one vampire movie, Vampire uh, Dracula three thousand. Oh, I don't even know that. Like, he, I think he gave it a go. He gave it a go. He was in only like two scenes in this movie. Like he now he just basically runs Jersey. No, he, like, he has his own rosé, he yeah. has his own, like... He's a real governor. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then Bruce Springsteen is, um... Bo- John has the, the North and Bruce has the South. Yeah, there you go, yeah. John yeah. Bon Jovi rules the North, he rules... He's, he's like, you're older than the Helen Hunt. He looked he ten looks, years younger he than looks her. Oh, yeah, no, Helen Hunt, they, they, they made her look like... That. I mean, That's she looked alcohol. good. She looked good. Alcoholism. The makeup for her was really good, too. I thought too. she looked good. I thought she was kind of sexy. I thought movie. she gave, like, a great... I forgot but, that she won an Oscar, so not for this, but, like... I mean, she's a great actress, but yeah. she, uh, she was legitimately good. Yeah. She, she won, and, like, even, like, the way they made her up, like... You know, her, her hair is kind of a mess in the beginning when she slides her, you know, addiction and, you know, like her makeup smudges because she, you know, she, she passes out in bed and like wakes up without really getting a chance to, you know, it's like, I she totally, face on the pillow. <laughs> I totally like buy, um, you know, how they built that character. And I, I wish, I guess we do get a lot of her cause she, you know, you get her relationship with the Kevin Spacey character and she makes the mistake of bringing in the John Bon Jovi character. Yeah. Um, so I, I enjoyed that there was a good focus on her. Her anxiety as a mother, which yeah. I, I, I appreciate that aspect of it, that, like, her anxiety about, like, being a good mother drives her to drinking. Like, yeah. She's like, she can't handle, like, am I a bad mother? Am I a bad mother? I can't handle it. I gotta drink. Yeah. Also, with the stuff with her mother. Like, yes, just, exactly. it, just, it just adds to it. I have a, what did you guys think of the score? I don't I, like the score, actually. It, st- it sticks with me. Even well, though, like, I... It's kind of it's a xylophone. I find the score a little misleading because for like the opening credits, for example, the, you get this like upbeat, sort of upbeat, thoughtful piano riff. <laughs> you know, like banana, and it, it kind of gives you like a false sense that this is like a lighthearted movie or like a whimsical movie. Um, and that obviously, that's not really what you're getting. And you get that riff again. It comes back in certain like more humorous parts. Do, 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 do. But then, of course, you have the super dark, sad, depressing ending, where then the music really gets like solemn. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of adds to my point, where I'm not sure how to feel. Like, what is this movie? What is this movie trying to tell me? And you. how is this movie trying to make me feel? I just uh, the reason I brought up the score was it, the credits were like, oh wow, this person's in this movie. Wow, and the score. Is by Thomas Newman, who if I don't, uh, I'm not familiar. He, he just recently did 1917. No way! <laughs> like he is the what? he is the composer. Like he is the Roger Deakins of composers. He's been nominated like 15, oh, 17 really? times. It wasn't a bad score. No, it wasn't. It's it, a fine it, score. But I understand your. It, it's whimsical. And if it does stick with you, it's a very fine score. By itself, but I it think your whole nice. point about the movie, just who is this for, what tone yeah. is it trying to go for? I mean, the score is I really at the, at, the, at the mercy of the quality of the movie. I right. just found that like the score for 1917 is phenomenal, and it's mm. it does fit the movie. Yeah. Doot, doot, doot. <laughs> but it's not whimsical. What if you just recycled it for 1917? <laughs> <laughs> 
I always, the same score every movie. I, I'm sorry, who did, uh, fun fact, like, I think we all, like, Michael Giacchino is also a fantastic composer, but if you watch, like, the first Star Trek and then go to, like, Doctor Strange, they do sound eerily similar. It's like, oh, this, this sounds, a, it's like the same beats and everything, yeah. mm-hmm. but I would have loved if the 1917 score was <laughs> as whimsical as <laughs> yeah. pay uh, I mean, it kind of is in line with a lot of those like early 2000s or late 90s scores. You know, this kind of like more softer approach to the score. You know, like kind of like lighter instrumentation. Where I feel like nowadays the scores are more like um, these fuller grand orchestra scores. Yeah, um, it reminds me. The score reminds me a little bit of uh, Catch Me If You Can. Exactly, yeah, but Catch Me If You Can. Catch Me If You Can. That works though. That but it works very well. Because I, mean, I thought this one. Oh my god, too, Catch Me If You Can is great. Well, because Catch now Me If You Can. I want to see if he did Catch Me If You Can. He could have recycled. No, I don't think it was him. But Catch Me If You Can, that kind of tone works because the movie has a lot of like surprises, joyful surprises, yeah. you know, clever twists. It's a romp. Yeah. Well, like you know, it it it, it that works. Because uh, the character is smart and always scheming. That's John Williams. Tom Williams. Okay. Oh, okay. But um, here... Spielberg. He always gets John Williams. He's got John, John Williams on speed dial. Yeah, of course. Well, why mess with a good thing? <laughs> yeah, I, feel, no, I feel like with them, it's the recent He's Star like locked Wars. in his basement. He's like, make the song. Hey, John. John, we need <laughs> like... They're eight. like neighbors. He's always knocking on his door. Yeah. Like, Fine, all right. Another yeah, they're like, just like, John, we need another Star Wars score. It's like, guys, I gave you like... Give you Duel of the Fates for the last one, like <laughs> just reuse that. Like reuse that. Um, I'm eighty something years old. Let me retire. <laughs> aren't they planning a new Indiana Jones now to be directed by James Mangold? It would be good. I like James Mangold. I like. Uh, I saw Ford v Ferrari with uh, with my dad. Like, I haven't it, seen it. Yeah, it, it was a very dad movie, it's, right? <laughs> no, it, it, like I, Little Women is a mom movie, and Ford v Ferrari is my uh, dad movie. Yeah, yeah. And my dad talks about it like a dad movie. Yeah. Um, I want a crossover called Ford versus Little Women. <laughs> Ford v. Batman. That's me. That's me. And that's three people. And I'm going to help them. But it has to be something really big. Something they can't do by themselves. So I do it for them. Then they do it for three other people. That's nine. And I do three more. That's 27, so I'm not really good at math, but it gets big really fast, you know? All right, well, I, I think maybe we can move on then to our personal scores for this movie. Uh, what percentage would you give this movie, just a reminder, it has a 39% score with critics and a 77% score with audiences. So, uh, Sebastian, what, what would you give this? Oh, it's so tough. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, how do you I, feel? I don't hate this movie. Like, I don't. I feel bad. I wouldn't want to give it an F. I don't necessarily want to give it a D either. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you go straight down the line. A D plus, C minus, and that in that territory, like it's. It's competently acted. Yes. Uh, it's competently acted. It, I think it's watchable. I don't... Mm. I, I wasn't like... It's watchable, but... Uh, and, I didn't regret yeah. watching this. My worry when I was re-watching this movie is like, as a kid, I kind of liked it, and then now I'm like, I'm an adult. I'm a cynical asshole. Like, am I going like, <laughs> yeah. to sit through this fucking movie? And I didn't hate it. I was like, whatever. Like, it's it's silly, but I I didn't regret re-watching it. You know what I mean? Okay. 
So, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough for me. I don't want to judge it too harshly. Like, I don't know. Like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 69. Oh, sexy. That's not me doing a sex joke. That's just me being <laughs> generous to that, the movie. That would be extremely inappropriate given that <laughs> this is about a child. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's not the worst movie I've ever seen in my life, you know? All right, but that's not like a ringing endorsement per no, se. No, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I wouldn't recommend it. But <laughs> a, good it's, a good F. <laughs> it's like, it's a passing grade, you know, you... Sure. Just by the skin of your teeth, you may you pass the class. All right, all right. Uh, fair enough. Keith, what would you give this? See, like I'm, uh, I think there is enough good parts in it, but I, I think the bad parts, I think it falls flat on its face with the. I think there's a good message in there that if you could <laughs> yeah. pay for, like you know, give give a dollar to someone or pay for someone's groceries or like the little pay yeah. it forwards yeah. is effective in life. Mm-hmm. It just makes the day a lot easier. Uh, but I think it kind of ruins its own messaging sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I it is watchable, but I feel like if you if like you were to watch it with your significant other, you would like okay Friday night Netflix and chill. You're watching, going like all right. I mean, I watch it because I was like I want I wanted to watch it for this. For the but podcast. If, it, if it was on TV, I would have turned it off. Yeah, but and, like, she, and she was like she was on her phone. She was like she was tuning out of it. And like, that, and so. that I think if you were to say hey let's watch it, like we've never seen this movie before let's watch Pay It Forward. You would be like, all right, it's, it's uh, yeah. I'm gonna give it a 58. Okay. I because I, I, I think it's on the pass of yeah of good. I just think there's so much, like it's amazing how much the critics they thought of emotionally manipulative. I think the Jay Moore plot line is it just drags it down so mm-hmm. much, okay. and also like, it, who's it for? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, yeah. that's so, the best question. Like, who is it for? Like, so, I mean, I mean, I understand. It's like if you, it's it's kind of written for kids, but it's made to make it tolerable for parents. And on some level, like, like all also, like all movies like that are PG thirteen, they're gotta be like they gotta be like raunchy enough for parents, but not too raunchy for the kids. It's, mm. it's it has to be enough of a thrill for the kids to see it mm. without making it too awkward. Yeah. For the parents to watch it with their kids, right? Well, they, I feel like they would, thought they were making an Oscar-winning movie though on their hands. I just, which is, which is I, I, unfortunate. I, I, <laughs> like, is I think everyone's going. I think everyone's going like, wow, those are great performances, which they were. But I feel like everything else is just like, wow, that was really. I think on set, people are going like, wow, that death is really gonna. Like, uh, we're gonna get them. We're yeah. gonna get them to cry. <laughs> um, yeah, I think maybe they just had their priorities out of order. I think they should have just kept reminding themselves of what the value of this pay-it-forward system is, and maybe they would have had things more on a small scale. Like, you know, I just had a thought, what if, you know, you kept the focus on the family and the you know, kid starts this small-scale pay-it-forward movement, and then what if someone, without realizing, pays it forward back to Haley Joel Osment without realizing he started it, and then that's kind of like, they see how it's starting to really take off in small ways. You know, I think there's ways around this concept where you can maybe stick to smaller scale and not get too convoluted in the story. Maybe it's not a good book. <laughs> I, it might have su- it might suck. Honestly. Yeah, for all we know, I, from it, what I've read, I'm not impressed. It did popularize the like it, you know, the idea of paid for existed before, but this book popularized like yeah. the concept of it. But still, like you know, small, small, like you don't need to change the world. Yeah, I think it would come off as more sincere that way. Uh, JJ, what's your score? I really dislike this movie a lot, and. Um, <laughs> I find, uh, I guess I, I particularly um, am a stickler for emotionally manipulative movies that, um, you know, where it's not earned. 
uh, and just the ending really ruins it for me. I want to like the only thing I think is worth seeing it for is the performances, uh, particularly Helen Hunt, um, and maybe just to see what people's reactions are to the ending because it is like a <laughs> what the fuck kind of ending. <laughs> You're it. watching them what like red wedding type like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what do you think of that? That was really horrible, huh? That's the only other value I get, which is totally you know unintentional. Honestly, I'm going to give this a 48 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. I just. I mean, it's all. Fa- I mean, like another. I, I was another, very generous with this movie. Another yeah. big sin for me is that it doesn't hold your attention. Yeah. Uh, that that's really, really hard. It's it's like watchable in a sense, but um, you know, I had a hard time seeing through the whole thing. It was also kind of long for me too. It was it's like a two-hour two movie. Hour. I was kept. It could have been a good ha- uh, hour and a half. I think it's a bad sign for me if I kept pausing to see how much time I had left. Yeah. So at that point, I just wanted to get it over with. Mm-hmm. So that that is what's driving down my score a lot. So what what are we uh, getting as an average? Uh, our three scores combined comes out to fifty-eight. Right. Oh, just shy. <laughs> Which I think, uh, and I always think, um, I've never disagreed with the combination of scores as of yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, 58 that shows that there's enough flaws that, you know, you can watch it, but you're it's, not going to watch it again. It, At least not for 20 yeah. years. It is just missing that kind of certain thing it needs to be like... Um, at least in the 60s. At least a considered, like, fresh, good, worthwhile movie to see. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's a close call, but we are officially siding with the critics. Yeah. So, you know, this is a chapter we'll close, and hopefully none of us get stabbed in the kidney for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you never we- know. If anything this movie taught me is don't do the right thing, because you might get murdered. Also, I can't, I, people with bad haircuts. <laughs> yes. You know what scene I got late? Like, I, I forgot what scene I forgot about when I was watching this movie. Remember, like, when he runs away and he's in the bus station and the yeah. pedophile tries to pick him yeah, up? Yeah, that was <laughs> really I totally first, forgot about and then, that. And then Kevin Spacey comes in and beats the shit out of him. What was the point of that? I forgot about that. That's that's another, like... What was the point of that? That, like, some, like, pervy guy, like, caresses his cheek? That was Ironically, like, Kevin Spacey beats him up. It, 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 it was a retrospective. <laughs> It was like it was an interesting kind of characterization for Kevin Spacey. Like he knew where he was gonna be. Like uh, that aspect he of him, like, he was also abused as a kid. He kind of also at that point maybe he's taking up like a father type mm-hmm. protectiveness of him. But again, you can maybe do it in a way that is not uncomfortable for the viewer. Um, maybe Kevin Spacey when he does those weird ass Christmas cards as his House of Cards character, he can maybe Jesus. come back as his paid forward oh character God. with a burned face. I think people would be like, hey. Like, you know, he gives a rousing, like, you know, pay it forward. I'm not going to say we're, we're going to forgive him, but no. it'd be a nice change of pace rather <laughs> yeah, than those point. creepy, like, they're going to get what they're coming. Yeah, it really maybe. screams innocent when you go on as your house of cards. And all your, oh, like, yeah. all the people in your trial are suddenly being, like, murdered or something like or that. It's dying like, mysteriously. <laughs> you know, it's another quick moment. Oh, that... that's such a shame. Like, especially, like, it's just, like, what, he, it, real quick, it tarnishes though. it. Here's another quick moment that kind of, like took me off guard um, when the Haley Draw Osmond's friend sees like the knife getting snuck through the melt detector and like the bullies see that he notices and give him a hard time as the friend is walking away he screams the F word back at them and not F-U-C-K like no F-A-G I yeah. mean this was this oh was yeah a, that's right this is early 2000s I mean we're like it, it was a common thing to say but like that to me, uh, like that does not seem like the kind of kid who would say that. How do you know? I just, have I, you seen? Uh, have you seen uh, the nineties? 
No, no. I would say late. I would say eighties. I can't think of movies in the nineties. That's like, well. Anyway, I, mean, I could be the, wrong. There's midnight. I mean, they don't really say it in the movies, but like. Oh, you're talking about the movie mid nineties. Like, I thought you were talking about. I'm, the, I'm talking about kids in real life would say that. I mean, I would say it. Obviously. Sure. It's not right, but like it's it's it didn't seem out of right field. He said it in anger. I think he was kind of bold considering this guy snuck a knife into the school. It, it, tell, it, it definitely kind of ballsy for this little willing dweeb. To use it. And little so, dweeb like, says this bully the f word. Um, and you know the dweebiest kid. Yeah. Uh, I also like throw him into a dumpster. I got a haircut. Like, it, he also had a bad haircut. It lowered that lowered any sympathy I had for that kid when he was getting beat up. I'm like, I don't care about this kid. He's using like a homophobic word. Fuck this kid. So, and I have a right to say that word. He does not. Like, How about that? Yeah, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> um, well, what if what if it was revealed that he was gay? Uh, <laughs> what if there's a sequel and he's yeah, actually they didn't gay? It out. <laughs> That's true. That's Revenge is back. <laughs> Revenge is back. That's what the sequel is called. You back, you he, he paid back. He yeah. infiltrates the jail where the stabber is at. <laughs> I would love to see the Haley Joe Osmond now as that character because he like Haley Joe Osmond's kind of making a weird like character actor comeback. Yeah, and he looks. He doesn't look like his paying creepers because he looks creepy now. He's kind of chubby. Like, playing his, yeah, kind of chubby, kind of chubby. But uh, it's nice to. I would like to see like let's see. Oh wait, he's dead. His character is dead. He's dead. Like, Never mind. No one's back, back from the dead. Yeah. You guys aren't stopping me. I'm like, oh, I'm, I was very confused. I want to see what this character is up to. He's I'm happy dead. to Never let mind. you. I'm happy to let you go on these like insane. It becomes rants. like a La Femme Nikita sort of thing, where it was actually like a secret agency like brought him back to life, and it was all yeah. planned out. Yeah, they faked this guy. Anything, I'm happy to have him back. I'm happy to have Haley Joe Osmond character actor back. Sure, I did see him in The Boys, and he was, um, I guess. He's in The Boys. Yeah. Yeah. But he was yes, also. Girl. Oh, okay. He was also creepy. He was, he was in, in Silicon that, Valley. He was in that um that um the Ted Bundy movie too. I ain't watching that. Uh, I didn't watch it. I, I, watched, I ain't watching my mom, that. My sister was watching it, and then I realized he was like the the ex girl Ted Bundy's ex girlfriend's new boyfriend in it. Well, join know. us for our podcast <laughs> on Haley Joe, uh, Joe Osmond's career filmography. Yeah, that's <laughs> we, okay. we see dead careers. <laughs> I will not be a part of that. Um, Haley Joe Osmond's. Character in this movie becomes a robotic uh, boy. Oh, AI! They rebuild him. Oh my god! AI was the same year as this. Oh really? Wow! They rebuild him. That kid, he was—he's probably. He was one of the best character actors of that. Day. I, I want say, I want him and Macaulay Culkin to hang out. When you when you look back at the history of child actors, I think actors, they celebrity deathmatched once. Oh, I wouldn't. That's, that's, that's kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I want to look that up. Uh, but if you look back at the history of child actors throughout the years. Obviously, a lot of kid actors play like cutesy roles, uh, but I think Kelly Jawsman was a rare find in like a strong, dramatic child actor. Yeah, that that wasn't a very common thing, and it's still not. So, um, him, yeah. Elijah Wood, Macaulay Culkin. I was yeah. Uh, I was I actually just saw Elijah Wood uh, uh, in Flipper. I, I didn't watch the whole movie. I was flipping through the channels. And the bat, the good son. I thought that was a kind of a well. The good son is like yeah. where it's like a complete devoid. For That's an interesting double feature. Watch, watch, uh, pay it forward, and then the good son. Very different tones. Macaulay Culkin is a creep in that, and yeah. I think he would even say he's a serial killer. I would love to go on his pod. Hey, we could do a crossover podcast, Macaulay. We listen. Uh, good to have you back. <laughs> You're uh, always saying that. Good to have Brendan Fraser back. <laughs> I, I, like, I like seeing him on um, Red Letter Media videos. He's a, he, sure. he, I just heard that he got cast in the new uh, uh, American History... No, American Horror Story. Oh, did he? Yeah. Interesting. 
I he's doing his own thing. I think he's. I, I mean, he's. I mean, he has he's a lot of money. He's just living his life. He's yeah. just like enjoying himself. Probably gets like he's doing those commercials. This is really gone off the rails, hasn't it? Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm good with that. We're gonna cut. I'm, all, I'm totally fine with that too. No, we're we're gonna gonna all in. Leave it all in. Cut it out. I might just cut all your dialogue out. That's so it's fine. just me and Keith, and then I don't care. We'll get Colin Macaulay Culkin to come in and record your lines. We dub your lines. That would be funny. Nicola Culkin as Sebastian. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully this is the end of the Pay It Forward legacy as we know. I was going to say, what movie did we do? <laughs> pay It Forward reboot? Let's do a Pay It Forward reboot. Pay it, I think it's about time. Pay It Forward. 20 years. What if Christopher Nolan did Pay It Forward? We can get Denzel Washington together. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, this is like, this is, what, if, like, what if Pay It Forward was a real influence on Christopher Nolan and the way he plays with time in his movies? What if he watched Pay It Forward and he's like, oh, this is what I should be doing? That is the price <laughs> it could, we had to pay. There would, there would be no Dunkirk without Pay It Forward. Here's, here's a that, that, is, that is the real Pay It Forward. This movie paid it forward for future viewers. The viewers who suffered through this movie paid it forward to future viewers who got good movies. We now have uh, live. We're not hearing live what Christopher Nolan thinks of Pay It Forward. I have no bloody idea what that is. <laughs> Probably not. All right, I am cutting this off right now, you guys. Thank you very much for your opinions on Pay It Forward. Um, we all agree it's garbage. Well, I'm kidding. But it's, no, it's, 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 it's somewhat garbage. garbage. Somewhat garbage. Yeah. It's a watchable shitty movie that's not really worth. It's like you know you had like a you had like a greasy burger and there's still the wrapper left and you're throwing it in the trash. It's like you just had that. Yeah. Not the first time we compared a movie to food. Um, but you know what? It's a good analogy. It, it it could have been better, but unfortunately, uh, it got bogged down with um, just getting off the rails like we did just now. So, on that note... It's the best kind of podcast, guys, when it goes off the rails, I think. Uh, maybe. I'll have to listen to it and see. Yeah, um, securely, but all in. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to that insane rant. Uh, but please join us again next time when we're more on point for another Divided Film. Later, guys. Thank you, Later. Sebastian, for joining us. Yes, thank you, Sebastian. It's my pleasure. All right. Take care.